Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we reminisce about weird and wonderful science in your brain. I'm Ian Wool. On this edition, Tanya Petrovich and Andrew Vuliotis talk about using artificial intelligence to teach people how to care for someone living with dementia. But first up, news of artificial intelligence to fight memory loss. Memory Prosthesis for Dementia, a project by the National Robotarium in the United Kingdom, a partnership between Harriet Watt University and the University of Edinburgh, uses artificial intelligence tools for reminiscence therapy to help people living with Alzheimer's disease. Due to the memory loss and resulting difficulties in communicating with others, people with dementia often struggle with decreased confidence and depression. The researchers are developing an artificial intelligence agent with a new human-like autobiographical memory that tells stories to encourage people to reminisce. Reminiscence therapy is a way of coordinated storytelling with an elderly person with dementia, in which you exercise their early memories, which tend to be retained much longer than recent ones, and produce an interesting interactive experience for them, often using supporting materials, like photographs or videos. Human memory is a structure of associations in a network. Activation spreads along it, and memories are indexed by emotion as much as location and personality, as by the significance of the memory. When people reminisce, they move from one memory to another, so building a model of the way human memory works is more likely to provide a smoother and more interesting reminiscence therapy approach than just plucking things out of a database. As well as a digital avatar on a tablet, the team plans to also try using a desktop robot to see if there are benefits from having a 3D representation of a character. The project is called Agent-Based Memory Prosthesis to Encourage Reminiscing. Talk with Ted. Artificial intelligence is changing the face of education. Dementia is caused by many different diseases, from vascular issues to Alzheimer's. People with dementia gradually need more care, and it's a complex and challenging role for the carer to learn. Dr. Tanya Petrovich is the business innovation leader at Dementia Australia, leading the development of various tech products used for education of people living with dementia and their families and carers. Andrew Viliotis is a product manager at Deakin University's Applied Artificial Intelligence Institute. He's worked closely with Dementia Australia on delivering a number of their products over the past eight years. I spoke with Tanya and Andrew by Zoom and began by asking them, so you've got a new AI assistant to help people care for people with dementia? Over the last eight years, we've been working together at Dementia Australia and the Deakin Applied Artificial Intelligence Institute. And 
over that time, we've always been looking for better ways to really educate the care workforce, as well as ways to engage people in intervention. So there's been various projects. But lately, the most significant project probably that we've undertaken in the past eight years was Talk With Ted. And Talk With Ted is an artificial, well, Andrew will probably tell you it's machine learning. But anyway, we do (laughs) call it AI. His avatar designed to engage care workers in a conversation. And you might ask, so why? Why do it? Why waste your time, you know, developing tech to do that? Because at Dementia Australia, we've been delivering education to the workforce for over 35 years. And it was probably 10 years ago, our staff said, you know, when we look at what we do out there, we keep getting asked back every year to the same services to deliver the same education. You know, what's going on? And I thought, well, if we keep doing the same thing and wondering why things aren't changing, perhaps we need to change rather than, you know, only the service needs to change. So if we deliver things in a different way, maybe we'll get a different outcome. And that's the idea behind most of our technologies. But Talk With Ted in particular, rather than telling people what good communication skills are, you give them experience of communicating with a person living with dementia. And in that experience, they see what doesn't work. So you don't have to tell them what you're doing is not good. They actually experience it. And then from that, they realise, okay, maybe I should try something different. And they're motivated to try something different. And they have the experience of different. And we were blown away with the comments we got back from our trial groups. After eight weeks, they were coming back and saying, we have changed the way that we are communicating with the people we're caring for. Not only that, the person is telling me that they really enjoyed the way that I'm delivering care now because, you know, they enjoyed the showering and they didn't feel harassed and there's a much more connected, engaged way of communicating. So it's like a simulator for people to practice their skills in talking with people suffering dementia. Correct. Yes, it is a simulator. But it's done in a safe, non-confrontational way because we actually tried a, an actor. An actor was there acting out dementia and they were having the conversation with the actor. And at the end of it, we asked them which they preferred and they said, oh, definitely Ted. And it's because you can do it without feeling like, oh, I just made an error and now I look stupid or, you know, people are going to think I'm terrible. You have a safe environment in which to learn, make mistakes, and try again. I guess the computer doesn't judge you. I was also going to say you can also take as long as you need when you're working with Talk With Ted. You can think through how you're going to approach the situation that you are presented in the environment. Whereas when you're with an actor, you feel as if you're under time pressure, as if you are looking after someone in aged care. Whereas when you're sitting in front of the computer, you can listen to what Ted says, see the prompts that are appearing on screen that are helping you through the educational experience and try and change your frame of reference. Try and apply, try and practice and see what happens, uh, what the outcome is of that. And so how does that look for the person that's learning to care for someone with dementia? Is it like a little animation that they talk to on a screen or do they type? How does it look? Well, Talk With Ted is a simulated avatar. So you get a full screen experience of a person called Ted 
sitting on a chair in his bedroom. Hello. My name is Ted. People come and help me with things I do each day. Perhaps you could try to help me now. Now, you enter the scenario being told that Ted has to go and have a shower, and that's all you're presented with, because we're trying to mimic a realistic scenario where a carer or an aged care worker may have been called into work for the day. They all have been told is that person's name and that they need to have a shower and you need to make this task happen. Now, the person is looking at Ted and has to try and communicate and try to get Ted to have a shower throughout the scenario. Now, the idea behind this is not for a person to come and sit in front and you say one sentence, which is, hi, Ted, we're having a shower now. The idea is to try and have, have a conversation with Ted, build rapport, try and make sure that you're not agitating him. And you're able to see this because Ted has a number of different moods. So Ted can become happy or can become angry throughout the scenario. And you're able to see um, the way that he's moving throughout the scenario to see how he responds to your comments. And Ted himself was actually modeled on a, a high resolution 3D model. And the actions and facial expressions that he pulls throughout this were captured through motion capture technology. So we're trying to go for a realistic experience while being able to train in a safe environment. You're listening to Ian Wolf on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Yeah, I think Andy makes it sound so simple. <laughs> and because and because I thought it was simple when we started, I thought, yeah, easy. We create this character and you have a conversation and easy. But Andrew touched on the conversational piece, which is actually so much harder than uh, I thought originally because the conversation had to be educational. So how do you make the, the conversation educational, realistic, feel like it's, you know, a normal part of the age workers' day? And look, the team, that my team and Andy and his team, I think did an amazing job because they took the complexities of what an aged care worker needs to do and then broke it down into hurdles. And so the conversation actually has a set of hurdles that you need to go through. And they're really good because they're the five basic hurdles that an aged care worker needs to think about when they're communicating and engaging with a person living with dementia. Like using the person's name, which sounds really ridiculous, but in aged care, it doesn't happen a lot. So using the person's name is one of the hurdles. Another is actually connecting with their emotions. So rather than saying, oh, it looks like you're not having a good day today, let's go have a shower anyway. Let's talk about what's going on for you and have that connection before you move the person to where they need to go. Taking it slower and actually connecting with people. And that, that was probably, to me, I think that was the hardest bit. The conversation building was, because how many, how many ways can a person say hello? Well, a lot. Many, many different ways. Exactly. And embedded in these hurdles as well is the feedback loop, as well as the ability to get a report at the end of the conversation. So the idea behind this is if a user gets stuck, you don't want to punish the, the care worker who's practicing on this for not knowing how to actually speak to Ted, you need to provide that feedback. So there was a humongous amount of time allocated to figuring out what is the feedback loop that's given to a person using the experience that doesn't give away the answer, 
but tries to reframe how they're thinking and approaching the scenario, as well as being able, at the end of the scenario as well, being given a report that gives them both an overview of what they've done well, as well as things that they can work on when they next try talk with Ted and apply in their application of working. And that combined with the conversation and the hurdles that Tanya mentioned is what essentially makes this such a powerful experience and why people are able to go away with with such fond memories of being able to practice their communication skills. Hello, Andy. Excuse me. What do you do again? I don't just let anyone come in and help me. So it's like a step-by-step with these hurdles that helped you train the system and it also helps the people learn all the things they need to learn in step. And if they get stuck, do they get tips on screen? Yes. So the users get tips on screen and depending how stuck the person actually is, there's an escalation of what is actually said on screen. So initially you don't get given the answer, but if the user seems to be really struggling, more and more information is given away. That makes it sound like it takes away from the interaction, but I think not at all because when you're in there and you're not connecting with him emotionally, Ted will start repeating himself or there will be you'll be stuck in a loop in the conversation. You'll be talking, and that's very similar to reality. That That's the sort of scenario you get to, and, and he gets more frustrated and angry, and that's exactly what happens. So the similarity to the real scenario is, I think, really powerful. It is quite impressive. So people get a chance to practice and you've got this powerful machine learning simulation of someone who appears to have dementia. You can have a proper conversation with them. And if you get stuck, you get help. Exactly. Amazing. And I was looking briefly at your website. You've also gone the other way and you've got... I think I, I saw there was a simulator so you could see what it looks like from someone with dementia's perspective in their house. Correct. Enabling Eddie, which is really where we started. So we created a virtual reality experience that people put their headset on and they become the person living with dementia, who we call Eddie, and you're in Eddie's house. You've woken up in the middle of the night and you need to find the bathroom. And in that finding the bathroom, the symptoms of dementia come to light. So you'll see things that the person would see. For example, there's a dark-coloured mat on a light-coloured floor which appears to fall away. And people with dementia will often say that they won't walk over a dark mat because they feel like it's a hole. Or um, it could be a step down or a floor that's, you know, differently coloured to the floor they're on. And so that's the beauty of VR, being able to bring things to life that somebody else is seeing. It's, it's quite extraordinary, I think. Because I recall when we first started using the simulation, there was a gentleman whose wife had dementia. And when he had the experience, he said, oh, so when she says it's a hole, she's actually seeing a hole. Correct. (laughs) It's amazing that people can hear the words but not get it until they've actually experienced it. I guess it's not that well known or made public as much that dementia doesn't just involve memory and thinking issues that there's also these visual distortions correct that's right you know very often the person might even know some the things that they're seeing aren't real because I, I remember we were talking to someone with younger onset dementia and he was talking about a floor that he was concerned about walking on he said he just had to hold on to his wife's arm because he just felt like he was walking into a hole 
but he knew that it wasn't, but it felt that way. So it, yeah, it's very, very bizarre. And then there are times when people will actually see things that aren't there, like could be a snake or a child or bugs or something else. And they'll actually see these things. That's not common, but it's certainly with Lewy body dementia and some of the other dimensions you see that. So that's a huge range of things that carers have to learn to deal with and to understand about their patients. Absolutely, yes. And I actually was told a story the other day. I remember when I first started teaching at Dementia Australia 14 years ago, ago now, and this lady, well, we were in the group and everyone's introducing themselves. And it, well, actually, it, it occurred more than once. You would have someone there who has been working in the field for a very long time. They'd be nurses and they'd say things along the lines of, you know, I've been working here for 25 years. I've been caring for people with dementia and there's nothing that you can tell me that I don't already know. And you think, okay, great. So this is going to be a long session but when you put the headset on people, I feel after that, the conversation you're having with people is so different. And so is this machine learning approach, it looks like it really is a good way to integrate with the learning process and the training process. Is it something that might be able to help the people suffering from dementia themselves? So that's a really good question. So what we know today is that there isn't a cure for dementia. So, because ideally, that's what people would like. They'd like to take a pill and be cured. That is not available yet. And the things that are being tested are really drugs that will help to slow down the progression of the disease. So you can maintain your level of ability for a longer period of time. They're about the best things that are out there at the moment. So that means how do we help the person living with dementia? Well, yes, you can have reminders and things like that. You know, you can have little calendars and other things that will support the person. But really, I mean, from my point of view and and also Dementia Australia's point of view, our focus is to give them the best quality of life we can. And if you're going to give people the best quality of life, you need to provide them with the support and care that they need at a particular time. So along the journey, we're there with various supports and there is certainly there's education sessions. There are things that that our counselling support services do that can support the person to be more involved and engaged early on in the disease. And then as the disease progresses, obviously the carer gets more involved in the support. When you're preparing lessons for carers like this, how does that look? How do you train a system to both act like it's somebody suffering dementia and to put those lessons in as well so that they're not just getting frustrated that they don't have the skill to talk to this person on the screen, but that they're actually getting past the hurdles and learning a new way to approach? That's a really good question. So we, the team at Deakin University, we spent a lot of time workshopping what are the fundamental areas of communication that we want carers to have when they're working out, whether in the, they're in the community or aged care homes. And this is where we broke down the ideas into hurdles or goals of a conversation. And we spent a lot of time trying to determine what are the fundamental issues that carers have or patients or people living in residential aged care have. And as Tanya mentioned before, one of them which, which surprised us is that people, carers and aged care workers are not using the person's name in conversation. So... The way that that translated into developing a solution 
or into a product that allows uh, that permits education is that the person cannot progress further in the conversation until you speak with Ted and mention his name. So in, in, in the solution, we have to look for that someone has said, hi, Ted, good morning, Ted, good afternoon, Ted. And he doesn't respond properly until you actually say that. Now on the screen, the notifications or the, the learning messages escalate the more times that you speak with him and don't use his name. In the report that you get at the end, you get a reminder saying it is best practice to try and remember to use the person's name when you're going into the person's room for the first time, because they may not know who you are. And on the note of Ted as well, one interesting thing is when we were testing the software as well, Ted sounds like a lot of other things when you're using text-to-speech engines. So Ted sounds can sound like bread, dead, and many other rhyming words. So we've actually had to program, uh, I think, 50 or 60 different variations of words that may be picked up. So users that may have a slight accent aren't actually, they're not losing out on having an accent. They've actually said the, the correct name. It's, and I'm trying to avoid the pitfalls of some of the speech-to-text issues that may happen. I guess the accent issue must be quite a big one. It is an interesting one. So in the tool, we do allow users to select between different accents that uh, can be picked. So users have the, the ability to change between Australian English, Irish English, British English, depending on what their accents actually are. And if the user configures the, the wrong one, yes, there, there can be issues. Generally speaking, though, we've done a pretty good job in terms of trying to catch as many accent-relating issues as possible. And in the background, we have a process where we periodically review conversations to see who are the people that seem to be having most issues when having conversations and treading the fine line between is this genuinely a tech issue or a speech-to-text issue or are we going to allow this to slip? And we have to review each of the conversations one at a time to see do we actually resolve this issue or do we let this slip? How do people access these tools? All of our tools are available on our website. So if they go to dementia.org.au, they can access, and then they can look, search for Talk with Ted or Enabling Eddie, many other tools. If they go to that part of the website, they will find all of the tools that we have available to them. So I will add to what Andy was talking about before. With Talk with Ted, you actually do get two opportunities to to interact with Ted. So the first time, you're not given a lot of advice. You go straight in and you have the interaction. And then there's a bit of content around it. These are good communication skills. And then they go back in. And then you'll see people the first time around often don't pass and they will pass on the second time. Or if they're really good, they do pass the first time. But then on the second time, they think, oh, actually, I got through it much faster the second time. So the first time I, I sort of got there, but it took me 20 minutes to get there. This time I actually got there, but in a shorter period of time because I was more focused on what I was doing in terms of the conversation I was having. I think that the fact that you have those two opportunities to practice is, is really powerful. And we do something similar in the virtual experiences in that the first experience you have the experience of a home, a normal home and you have dementia. The second time round, after you've had time to converse with your facilitator about what was bad about that, what could have been better, we actually put some really good um, supportive changes in the environment and you have that experience again and you realise what a difference supports 
in the environment can make. So I think that's another way that we really get the message across in, in education is that by experiencing the difference of what's bad and what's good, it really sticks with people. I, I think that those experiences are, are just a powerful way of educating people and it, they take it away with them and they're more likely to implement the change because they know the difference it can make. Anything further, Andrew? From all the findings that we had building Talk With Ted, Talk With Ted has actually been used in another product called Engage With Ted, which is targeted at training phone call centre takers with being able to have a better conversation with someone that has a cognitive impairment. So we've been able to build on the findings from the original product and deliver something that is just as powerful, but without the visuals. So essentially users have a, a simulated web browser where they get information about a call taker and they have to troubleshoot an entire different scenario where they have to help process a check for someone who's calling a call center that doesn't process checks, which was a very challenging scenario to build, but it was a fantastic experience to be able to do this a second time and take everything that we've learned and make it even better. That's amazing. Well, Tanya and Andrew, thank you very much. Thank you, Ian. It was a pleasure to be here today. Thank you very much, Ian. It was great to be on your show. That was Dr. Tanya Petrovich from Dementia Australia and Andrew Viliotis from Deakin University's Applied Artificial Intelligence Institute talking about training carers using Talk With Ted. And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Are you a scientist, artist, biohacker or maker who'd like to be interviewed about your work? Would your company like to sponsor Diffusion? Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Please subscribe to the Diffusion Science Radio channel on youtube.com slash c slash diffusionradio and rate the show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolfe. The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 28 stations on the community radio network, including Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM in New South Wales, 8CCC in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2MVR in Nambucca Valley, 3MVR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia, City Park Radio 7LTN in Launceston, Tasmania, and... 2XXFM in Canberra. Diffusion is narrowcast on Indigo FM 88 in northeast Victoria. Diffusion is syndicated globally on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. And check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than a thousand previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com, where the shows are labeled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. Everything from a molecule to a living organism. 
In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits. Photography. Collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.